Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo Daily, the Italian police get their man after 30 years on the run. What you're hearing is the moment when Italy's most wanted mafia boss, Matteo Messina Denaro, was arrested by armed police in Sicily last Monday. You see, for many of us, the Sicilian mafia, La Cosa Nostra, and the remaining organised crime groups, or families, if you will, have been so heavily romanticised and indeed glamorised by Hollywood for decades. I want you to rest well in a month from now, this Hollywood big shot's going to give you what you want. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. But for the average Italian... The reality of living alongside mob rule is anything but. Padre, perdona loro perché loro non lo sanno quello che fanno. Pertanto vi chiediamo per la nostra città di Palermo. I'm Siobhan McGuire and on today's episode I'm joined by Sunday Independent columnist Paddy Agnew who is based in Rome and is going to tell us more about this arrest. Breaking news from overseas right now. Authorities have just arrested Italy's most wanted man, the mafia boss who's been on the run for 30 years. Matteo Messina De Nero was taken into custody in Palermo, Sicily. Authorities say the now 60-year-old fugitive was captured at a private clinic where he was receiving treatment for an undisclosed medical condition. Patty, I'm going to ask you uh, in a moment all about Messina Denaro, uh, but from where you are in Rome at the moment, this arrest is a very big deal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is easily the biggest story uh, uh, of the day. And every time we have a major mafioso on the run uh, are arrested, it's a big story. But this one is a particularly big story because this guy, Matteo Messina Denaro, is basically the the scarlet pimpernel of Fiat Godfathers. He's been on the run for 30 years. He, you know, 
people will have got used to the you know Italians will get used to the name of this guy uh, and might well have wondered to themselves does he actually exist because they've never seen anything other than a few dusty old photographs of him but uh, now they've seen him as a 60 year old man getting arrested I mean this is the thing Paddy how does somebody manage to evade uh, the authorities for three decades the answer is very simple it's a cover collaboration Omerta. I mean, uh, the reality of Messina Donato is that the police have already discovered his most recent hideaway, his most recent, uh, what Italians call Covo. And he, uh, that was in a place uh, called Campo Bello di Mazzalo, which is just eight kilometers, a small, small village about the size of, say, Scaries. And it's eight kilometers down the road from his own native village where he, he grew up. Campobello di Mazzaro and Castelvetrano, sorry, he grew up in Castelvetrano in the province of Trapani. And, you know, obviously people will have noticed him. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, the this guy, the photographs that we see of him tend to be from 30 years ago. So he's changed and uh, very much changed. So people could obviously say, well, I didn't recognize him at all. But somebody must have recognized him in 30 years. Well, yeah, I mean, he he was being treated in hospital for cancer. Is that right? Yeah, no, he's had um, he's had uh, cancer problems. Uh, he had uh, colon cancer, and he had also uh, he's got liver problems. He required dialysis. So uh, the police have been have been following him as close as they can for uh, throughout all of this, and they were uh, they were most recently made aware of other developments in his case. Uh, And, you know, the great Sicilian mafia investigator, uh, Giovanni Falcone, who was blown up by the mafia in 1992 by, uh, amongst others, Matteo uh, Messina Denaro. He was one of the the people who planted those bombs. Messina Denaro was convicted in absentia for dozens of murders, including two bombings in the 90s that killed top anti-mafia prosecutors. That, That great investigator, Falcone, used to say uh, always uh, when he was talking about his investigations, you follow the money, follow the money, and you'll work out a lot of things. In this case, the prosecutors have been saying, well, we followed the tumour. We followed the cancerous tumour. The the point about a guy like um, uh, Messina Dara is that he he doesn't get discovered, he doesn't get caught, because he doesn't move around very much, and, and, and only... Uh, in very quiet places and at late at night, probably. However, if he gets sick, as Denaro did, and as other uh, mafiosi on the run, like the most recent one was a guy called Bernardo Provenzano, if they get sick, they have to find a doctor. They knew that uh, he was attending a clinic called the Madalena. It's a, a private clinic in, in the centre of Palermo. They knew he was going to be attending it one of these days. Uh, they weren't quite sure what the day would be. But he's had an operation a year ago. He's turning up now for a sort of daycare. Police were waiting out of sight outside the clinic uh, when he arrived, and there was a queue for that. And one of the uh, and uh, Matteo uh, Messina Denaro got into the queue like anybody else, and so did uh, one of the senior police investigators, and he was standing behind him. Um, and as soon as he stood behind him, he had a good look at him and he realized this is the man. Yeah, we've got the right man here, lads. So he sent uh, a text message to the guys outside 
and he sent a text message to the uh, public prosecutors waiting in their office in Senator Palermo uh, and said, look, we've got him. Uh, uh, what a you know, uh, plan goes ahead. And the plan was basically just to, to arrest him as quiet as they could. So they waited for a while. Um, and then there was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a panic when um, he uh, he dropped out of the queue uh, to register himself, and he he, he went he left the uh, hospital, uh, and uh, apparently he was going for a cup of coffee. Uh, but when he got outside the hospital, by this stage the police were no longer a, in uh, hiding. There were a number of squad cars around, and there were, uh, and obviously. Uh, Donato uh, saw those, realised that something was was afoot, and he uh, he tried to leg it basically, uh, and uh, didn't get very far, and he was stopped and arrested and taken to nearby military uh, a nearby military airport, where the uh, investigations team had set up uh, a whole unit in a, a converted hangar. That arrest on Monday, how big a deal is it for the Italian police? In practical terms, it may not mean a lot in the sense that uh, you could argue that uh, Matteo Messina Denaro is yesterday's man. We're talking about somebody who uh, carried out some of the worst va- uh, mafia crimes and, and attacks on the state back in the early 90s. In a symbolic sense, though, this is a guy who's given them uh, the slip for 30 years, and it's a huge uh, symbolic triumph to to, to uh, uh, finally get him prove that you know he did exist, and in, in it, it could well turn out he may he knows an awful lot of things. He was the um, one of the uh, right hand uh, persons to um, uh, Totorina who was the capo di tutti capi, the boss of all bosses, who was arrested in uh, 2003. And uh, he will know a lot. Uh, uh, he'll know about a lot of different mafia attacks, mafia killings, mafia arrangements, mafia, uh, above all, mafia um, ag- uh, agreements, uh, uh, you know, mafia cover, mafia collusion. Uh, with uh, uh, politicians and with other important figures, senior policemen, perhaps senior judges, who knows? But he will know. He will know a lot about that. And in particular, one of the things that uh, one of the controversial things about the uh, arrest of Tutorina was that he, um, they, the place that he's been hiding uh, was left. Uh, mysteriously left unattended for 10 days after he's arrested. Uh, so by the time the police decided to do a thorough search of and see what papers they could find, they could find nothing. There was nothing. They'd been cleaned out. Uh, and uh, it's believed that uh, Matteo uh, uh, Messina Denaro uh, was the person, or he and, his, his, and, and friends cleaned it out, and that he has a whole series of uh, papers that belong to Tuttorina, uh, which would indicate a number of important figures in Italian political and business life who may well have been um, working with the mafia, the Sicilian mafia, because the Nostra back there. There's one other aspect of it, this, Sean, which is that, you know, when I say he's yesterday's man, 
He's yesterday's man in the sense that uh, Cosa Nostra is no longer the, uh, the biggest crime syndicate in Italy. For at least a decade now, they've been outstripped by the Indrangheta, which is the Calabrian mafia, who are uh, you know, the, the biggest importers of, of uh, cocaine and heroin into uh, Western Europe. Cosa Nostra is not nearly as important as it used to be. Uh, and, and which Rita mentions the thing a bit. Uh, I mean, if you'd picked up uh, the uh, current uh, uh, current boss of Leandrangheta, it would have uh, caused a, a bigger problem for the uh, uh, drug smugglers. This is the thing that's kind of reflective of of organised crime across the world at the moment. You know that that those who have moved in to the the drug scene are the the guys basically in charge, and yet Paddy. Back, back in here in Ireland, everyone was celebrating fifty years of the Godfather last year. My father's no different than any other powerful man who's responsible for other people. We have this very romanticised Hollywood, glamorous version of what we think the mafia are. But for people in Italy and those who live um, amongst it, those who, who had to, to pay those, uh, that extortion on a weekly or monthly basis to, to the local mafia family, it's something very different. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh... I was in Europe over, uh, over Christmas, and uh, uh, some of the, the uh, our friends at one point said to me in uh, um, New York, "Did you ever watch The Sopranos? Was that a great series?" And I surprised them, I think, by saying, "I thought that was a load of shit. You know, that was a terrible series." Are you in the mafia? Am I in the what? Whatever you want to call it, organized crime. That's total crap. Who told you that? Dad, I've lived in the house all my life. I've seen police come with warrants. I've seen you going out at 3 in the morning. So you never seen Doc Cusimano go out at 3 in the morning on a call? Did the Cusimano kids ever find $50,000 in Krugerrands and a 45 automatic while they were hunting for Easter eggs? I'm in a waste management business. Everybody immediately assumes you're mobbed up. It's a stereotype, and it's offensive. You know, because there's nothing... There's nothing... Uh, the mafia is not good entertainment. The mafia is a plague, uh, a, a scourge in society. I mean, it's not that just that they, in all, all over the areas they control, they look for uh, protection money, and, and they do. That, that racket is going. It's not just the organised illegal gambling, illegal prostitution, or, or, or rather prostitution rings. Uh, it's not just that they infiltrate all sorts of legitimate business. Uh, which is, is is good for them because they've got excess cash uh, and they can uh, recycle it. Um, to enforce their power, to enforce their control of uh, local societies, they simply kill people. Not in huge numbers, but sometimes very prominent. 
I go back then to Matteo Messina Denaro for one second, uh, Paddy? Because yeah. y- you you referenced the the early nineties, and and I am fascinated by what happened in Italy uh, as a result of the the very brutal uh, murders in nineteen ninety two, and and you mentioned them yeah. earlier: Giovanni Falcone yeah. and Paolo Borsellino. And basically what happened afterwards was a little bit of a sea change. Falcone has been honoured in Italy. It was May the 23rd, 1992, when the judge's car was blown up by a half-ton bomb on a motorway in Sicily. His wife and three bodyguards also died. The point about that period, uh, 92, was that uh, Totorina and the Corleonesi basically uh, were... They were reacting to uh, a, ma- a major uh, show trial, which Falcone uh, had brilliantly organised in Palermo at the end of the eighties, uh, and we saw uh, something like three hundred. It was a huge trial, a mass trial, and three hundred uh, uh, mafiosi got uh, very heavy sentences. A lot of them life sentences uh, in in that for for all sorts of different mafia activity. And uh, Rina and his pals in Corleone did not like this one little bit. And uh, they reacted by trying to threaten the state. Um, and they threatened the state by attacking, killing the two investigators, Borsellino and Falcone, who had done most to bring people to, to, uh, to court uh, on mafia charges. But uh, they, they also, uh, we had a series of bombs in Florence and in Rome uh, a year later, and then there was even an attempt to uh, blow up a, a bus of policemen at the Ro- at Rome's Olympic Stadium on the day of a football match. So, um, all of all of that was an attempt to to uh, was a very public uh, defiance of the state, and um, that that doesn't. It doesn't work in the best interest of the mafia because it only draws too much attention to them. And uh, what's been hap- what was happening since then is that business has gone back to normal, doing things quietly behind the scenes. And Cosa Nostra has survived and the Indrangheta has absolutely blossomed. And Paddy Messina Denaro, in 2020, he was sentenced to a life term in absentia for his role in, in the 1992 murders of the the two anti-mafia prosecutors. There is um, another involvement that is particularly gruesome as well. 1993, the kidnapping of a 12-year-old boy, Giuseppe Di Matteo. Di Matteo, yeah. Di Matteo. Yeah, I mean, his father was uh, a pentito, a collaborator, uh, a state's witness, collaborator with the, the justice system. And obviously, that's not something that uh, the mafia approves of one little bit. So a group of uh, mafiosi led by a man called Giovanni Di Brusco sequestered the kid and kept him for a while uh, in um, uh, while they were trying to uh, see if they could get Di Matteo to back off. Uh, and he didn't. So they strangled the boy and then dumped his body in acid to uh, get rid of it. I mean, a little twelve-year-old boy, Paddy. I mean, this is shocking stuff, really. Yeah, yeah. It did not surprise people. Yeah, it did not surprise those who know the way the mafia works. If there's one thing you can't do, you can't snitch. 
Yeah, this is the omerta you you talked about earlier. Yeah. Um so now they they you know the police authorities have their man. Will anything yeah. happen next or will that that vow of silence stay with them? Yeah, that's a very good question because in the past um when you you've had people like Tomasa de Bouchet, who was the, one of the first pentiti, one of the first uh, uh, mafiosos to turn state's witness, and he did that with G- uh, Giovanni Falcone. Uh, uh, but one of the reasons people tend to feel that he he done it was that he was, you know, uh, uh, at the at the end of his life, he felt threatened by the other mafiosi. Uh, Messina Donato is a different. Is a different. Uh, he's sixty years of age, which. Uh, means he could live for quite some while yet, and maybe he'll feel that it's not in his interest to collaborate with justice, uh, given what happens to collaborators. Uh, and, and certainly, there are people who know the mafia better than me were speculating yesterday that he might not. You cannot take it for granted that he'll uh, suddenly uh, start singing like a bird um, and uh, reveal all sorts of secrets. A guy like that, who's been on the run for thirty years, is you have to have a, a big change of heart to decide he's going to spill all the beans. The investigators will be meeting with him, will be putting him under a lot of pressure to to, to cough up something. Um, maybe, uh, maybe he's sicker than we we know, and maybe he'll feel he, he's nothing to lose. Uh, it's it, it could go either way, but if I had to bet on, I'd say he won't say a word. And my thanks to Paddy Agnew, Sunday Independent columnist who is based in Rome. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from Euronews, ABC, Paramount Pictures, HBO, CBS, the BBC, Italian TV channel Rai, Sky News and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.